0: Hey, everybody. Melanie Atkinson here, realtor with Smith & Associates in beautiful Tampa Bay, Florida. And today, I'm going to talk with a realtor from Manhattan. I want to talk New York real estate versus Tampa real estate and see where it goes. Take a listen. Hey, everybody. I'm here with Michael Holt with the Holt team at Halstead Real Estate in Manhattan. Thank you so much for joining us today. Michael, how are you today? Hey, I'm well. And yourself? Doing well. Michael and I met at the leading uh, real estate companies uh, of the world conference several weeks ago in Las Vegas. We didn't really talk too much. He was uh, telling us about a project that he has developing in Sarasota, Florida. But this gave me a really good opportunity to connect and, and ask him a couple questions. New York and Tampa, you know, we kind of trade residences every once in a while, or residents every once in a while. So I. I'm curious about Manhattan real estate. so that's why we're going to talk today.
1: That sounds good to me. where shall Where shall we start?
0: Oh, okay. Well, as a Floridian and as a real estate agent in Florida and Tampa specifically, I don't really know anything about Manhattan real estate. I think I look at it like the general public does. Like everything's super expensive. You have ten million dollars townhouses and and everything. What is it really like? What's the truth of Manhattan real estate?
1: The truth of Manhattan real estate. Well, you're you're so far, you're, you're pretty, pretty accurate. And the prices are um, obviously amongst the highest in the globe. Um, you know, your average price, let's just say, or your median sales price, the number that occurs the most, those amount of sales that are consistently hitting. So you know that that's a good gauge. Uh, that is around $1.1 million. Wow. Now, the reason why I like to say the median versus the average is because of this. New York, sometimes you'll see like these crazy headlines of a of this monstrous sale, just an obscene price. So what happens is that makes the average appear a lot higher than what really majority of the par- apartments are trading at. And a, uh, a perfect example is the apartment that had sold recently for it was a record price. It was two hundred and forty million dollars for one apartment. <laughs> wow. <Yeah>. And uh, <laughs> that that, as you can see, would definitely skew. Uh, things and make the average average apartment just seem like it's a lot more than what it really is. So you're really right. looking at 1.1 million is your is your bread and butter.
0: Is there. your median. Okay. So mm-hmm. the median price in the Tampa Bay area is in between that 260000 $270,000 range. So we're talking about really different prices here. Yes. Um, maybe that explains why so many uh, New Yorkers come down here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, and because of tax reasons as well, that's a whole other animal.
0: That's it. definitely true. We'll definitely touch on that. Um, so, for a regular person who you know wanted something that's maybe below the median, mm-hmm. what can they expect to get for you know five hundred thousand dollars? Is there in even anything available?
1: You know, it's a, it's actually a good number that you say five hundred thousand because I would say that is a great. Um, Mm, entry price i would say that's a good like first time home buyer price because the thing is in new york is you have two different building structures and that is what's what's absolutely different between here uh like in new york also to florida is the fact that one building you don't just have condos you also have a building type called uh, co-op buildings or cooperative buildings and they're Mm -hmm. different condos for a number of reasons and a huge reason is that uh the building itself is owned by a corporation, okay? And when you buy an apartment in that building, you're given a proprietary lease for your ownership. But really what you're getting is is an amount of shares in that corporation that owns the building, okay? Okay. So it's taxed differently. Um, It's also, there's different liability structures attached to it because if somebody were to Stop paying their maintenance or default on their loan or their mortgage or, you know, has an effect on the entire uh, building versus a separate deeded condo. So without getting too technical on you, there are two building structures and co-op and condo. Now, co-ops have financial restrictions, so it's not just a matter of going to a bank, getting approved for a loan. You know, in Florida, I know you can leverage a lot of different things, especially if it's your first time, uh, uh, if it's your first residence or your primary residence that you're living in, you can finance, you know, put down three, five percent, you know, 10 percent. In New York, especially co-ops, you'll have to put down 20, 25, sometimes 50 percent of the purchase price. And it's not just that. They want to see you have a debt to income ratio of a certain amount. They want to know you have post-closing liquidity of a certain amount. It really uh, you do a lot of work on the front end as a real estate agent when you're working with clients. But it's interesting because someone that's buying their first apartment, it's like, OK, you know, if I've, I've been saving up money for so long or maybe I'm, I'm younger and I've just started, you know, finally getting really high income and I have yet to save up a certain amount of cash that has a huge effect on on these requirements. And so a five hundred thousand dollar purchase is going to get you really around the studio in Manhattan. Uh, sometimes you can find uh, one bedrooms. I mean, you definitely find a larger one bedroom with like a doorman and amenities for around 700, 750,000, a separate dining room or den maybe. Um, obviously, some neighborhoods are less prices than others, but yeah, that's what you're, that's what you can
0: expect. Wow, I mean, a night and day difference from uh, here in Florida um, and there. I mean, obviously, we—I assume that that was the case—that everything is more expensive in New York. Um, so I know that you have been to portions of Tampa. I was going to ask you, how do you think Tampa compares to New York for anyone who's thinking about, you know, trading in the expensive real estate and coming down here? Why do why do you think New Yorkers would like this part of Tampa? What well, you know about it? And then I'll add some more. <laughs>
1: yeah, there you go. That's what's interesting is we have kind of two different pers- perspectives, but also a lot of things that we can relate on. Um, and New Yorkers, I can tell you that, uh, you know, what's interesting about the market uh, right now, currently in, in in 2020, and it has been really this way for the past few years, um, New York has been a buyer's market. And the thing is, is every single real estate market has its, I mean, there's the, there's the nationwide you know, national real estate market. Then there's also you have your local submarkets markets and, and within your cities, but everybody has their own real estate cycle and where they're at in that real estate cycle. Now, obviously the economy and, and different things na- nationally can affect uh, certain parameters of each local place. And, but in New York right now, We are in a buyer's market and most of the country is in a seller's market. That means it favors the buyers. There's more inventory right now. And that's what happened in New York is we've had years, years of uh, buildup of just inventory. So it was due to to come in the buyer's favor. But we also had some recent local tax changes as well. So it was kind of like a double whammy. So right now in New York, uh, there's a couple things. I mean, right now, sure, it's a good time to buy. Um, it's a good time if you were a seller and you wanted to get that bigger space. And so they're selling their smaller apartments and buying bigger ones. But at the same time, the tax laws have gotten worse up there. And so you're seeing a huge influx of, of, of people just selling their apartments there, getting smaller ones, or at least buying something in, in Florida. And Florida, we always joke, is the other borough of New York because <laughs> so many of New Yorkers live down here. Um, and Tampa honestly just relates to a lot of New Yorkers if they're looking on the west coast kind of per se of Florida because a lot go to like South Florida, Miami, East Coast, uh, Lauderdale areas. But Tampa is also like as far as this side of the state goes in Florida, you've got that city feel. And that's what New Yorkers and people generally they like to relate to the, uh, where they're spending most of their time is they want something where they can have interactions or a similar environment that they currently live in. And Tampa, I feel, gives that for them. You have that city vibe. Um, and I, I think they resonate well with that
0: yeah um i I agree. Um and Tampa itself is in the middle of uh, of a growth period. Um, I'm not sure how much research you've seen on uh, Water Street and the new development that's going on in downtown Tampa specifically. And then we also have downtown St. Pete just on the other side of the bay. So we actually have two different downtown areas, obviously not to the scale of a New York or Chicago or anything like that. um but that might actually be a good thing for um, for people. Um, so one of the things that um, that people don't like about Tampa is the fact that there is really no mass transit. Um, you really do need a car here to get around Are New Yorkers and specifically people that come from Manhattan. Are they prepared for a car lifestyle or are they going to come down here and be upset that they're in traffic?
1: (laughs) Well, you know, traffic usually makes everybody a little unsettled. But uh, <laughs> I, then again, we have a lot of it up there, too. But you're right. I mean, the thing is, it's it's completely different. I'm from Florida originally, and I've been in New York now almost 10 years. I haven't owned a car in nearly 10 years. It was a little strange at first. But I can tell you, yeah, I love being able to walk out my door wherever I'm going, hop on a city bike if I need to. Uh, it's, it's, it's very interesting. But um, at the same time, I do miss driving a car at times. I feel for New Yorkers it's a good change. Traffic is what it is and in New York for those for those that do drive I mean it's 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 quite incredible what parking garages can go for a month. I mean the bare right. minimum you're at is 300, usually around 5 it can go up higher than that and they do sell parking spaces as well which can go anywhere from 80 grand to millions of dollars for a parking <laughs> spot. It's, it's,
0: it's uh, just a totally different world. It's so crazy to hear those stories. Um, i mean here we have parking spots everywhere they're free
1: yeah yeah for (laughs) the most part yes but uh no it's 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 something that just comes along with the territory and i think it's kind of refreshing in a way for new yorkers is to kind of you know drive you know for a little bit because usually i'm sure it is
0: well if you could remind all of them to please drive safely when they come and visit because (laughs) we do tend to have a lot of people from a lot of different areas that don't necessarily drive all the time. So um please use the right lanes and not and not the left lanes if you're gonna go slow. Um that's on behalf of all of us Floridians down here. <laughs> hey, Winston,
1: um, I'm, I'm glad you're preaching that message. I, I feel like Florida can hear that it had enough, or just it. anywhere, but uh, New Yorkers were kind of known for our uh, we can be a little bit on the abrasive or aggressive side at times, you know. <laughs>
0: and, uh, I've heard I the rumors. Think, because people, when they come this, like, oh, the
1: New Yorkers are just so rude. And, you know, I, I we just, we could just be a little straight to the point sometimes, a little blunt. But, uh, yeah, I think that, you know, the biggest time is when they're uh, – it's it's funny because you really – everyone always talks about the energy and the pulse of New York. And that when you go there, you feel it when you're walking around. Not just Times Square because it's just yeah. you know, a lot of tourists. People is a lot of people. But when you're walking around rush hour in New York, like towards, like, when work's about to start or end – even the, even people that like for me, I'll try and get hour a, a, head start if I can head home around four o'clock if I have that luxury. But it's because everybody on the street is like just racing home from work or to work and they're the locals. And so when you're a tourist, you're like, holy cow. <laughs> and, and you'll feel the same rules apply to walking as they do driving down here when you're walking in New York. Yeah. The slower people walk on the right and the ones who are passing on the left. It sounds yeah. ridiculous, but it, you'll no. notice Next time you're there,
0: I don't think everybody got that memo. Just like they didn't get that memo when it comes to driving down here. Yeah, I've noticed because tourists—they're looking around, they're trying to figure out where they're going, so they're in the way, and everyone's just walking past them (laughs) on a mission to get home. It—I assume that living in New York is similar to to living in parts of Florida where there's a lot of tourists. You're constantly surrounded by people who are not familiar with with the ways of the world in that particular city. So we in Florida are used to it um, as well. So we're very tolerant of it. And everyone comes from a different place in Florida. Um, New Yorkers I have never found in general to be um, abrasive. Obviously there's abrasive ones in every city, but um, <laughs> but I've always found New Yorkers to be pretty nice people. So I guess, why did you move to New York? Why Why do you want to live in Manhattan right now? I mean- as you can all see, it's it's March of 2020. That's why we're doing this via Skype. So living in Manhattan right now is not really the the best thing. But why did you want to live in Manhattan other well, than right there's, now? <laughs> there's certainly
1: pros and cons. Um, I will say, uh, when I had moved up here originally, I mean, I had been back and forth. My mother was originally born in the Bronx, and uh, but for me, my family's also in real estate. <clears throat> In Florida so for not in Tampa though I was thinking to myself I was like well I can always go back to Florida get involved in real estate and at the time I had been back and forth uh, to New York and I just wanted to just explore just to live and to travel and just kind of have my own story and I knew I could fall back on Florida and I I just loved the city I loved the city for so many reasons and it was really tough I have to say because it's an extremely competitive market up there are you dealing with some of the biggest and baddest brokers in the industry and within the country? I mean these they're really really good at what they do um, But at the same time as you know Real estate is very much a relationship type business and when you go in any area, and you don't have any relationships. That's always that's always tough So it took a little bit to get the career going and then even when you're doing like lead generation ser- uh, Services up there you're dealing with some very um you're bidding against companies. You're bidding against uh, big power brokers that are putting a crazy amount of money into those lead generation platforms and absorbing more of those market shares. So when you're a newer agent, you don't have as much as a budget. You don't have the relationships. It's like you're getting barely any leads and they're very expensive. And so it's hard to build your career that way. So um, for me, it, it took some time. I was shadowing a really top broker there and you know, you start living off the breadcrumbs until you kind of grow your own business. And now it's been 10 years. I have my own team and a lot of success. So, Excellent. but, uh, I I do love it up there. My, uh, my family, they're all in Sarasota as, as you know, and they're constantly wanting me to uh, move down here and do real estate here. But, uh, <laughs> It's, it's in my blood now. I love it. I love it there. So,
0: yeah. Well, I wanted to make sure we touched on all the good things because New York is, is kind of the epicenter of, of at least the United States, maybe not the world. So, um, I love visiting. Uh, I just haven't been there in a while, so I need to come back up there. You just touched on Sarasota. Um, so you have started um, working in some sort of in in development, and you are developing a uh, project down in Sarasota. Um, so tell me about that project. I'm excited to learn about it. Sarasota isn't necessarily my market, but it's very close, and I can certainly go down there for this this particular um, building. So tell me about it.
1: Well, first of all, you should definitely come visit regardless. Sarasota is just one of those cities that you just have to. And also, New Yorkers are starting to. Uh, Kind of gravitate to as well, which I find very interesting because as we were mentioning earlier about the relations between New York and Tampa, it's always been New Yorkers have always kind of flocked to the East Coast and and the West Coast of Florida has also had like Midwesterners. So it's interesting to see. And for all the same reasons, like with Sarasota now, the city's starting to grow in the downtown core. It's been a big real estate boom. But what I like about Sarasota as well is they're very very cultured in a sense that they have a lot going on within the arts and theater, uh, comedy shows, there's just more to do. And I just feel that kind of gravitates to New Yorkers they can relate to that. So my project is actually in the downtown core, and it's a luxury uh, condominium building that we're uh, constructing from the ground up, which means complete raw land at the moment, and we're going to build it up from there. Our project is a little bit different than, um, well, it's a lot different than your typical type of building. because what we decided to do is we decided to make a building that is very private, very boutique. So there's, there's only, uh, there's only five units. Okay. There's three units. That doesn't units. give
0: me very many to sell.
1: No, it doesn't. No. So it's, so it's a uh, very, the, the opportunity is limited. I will, I will, I will say that. But, uh, what's interesting about the units is even the standard residences, we call the beacon standard, the name of the building, we we decided to name the beacon because when you see a rendering and a picture of it, there is a a tower in there. We relate that to being a beacon to point people home to kind of uh, the beacon in Sarasota. And that tower has a private pool. It's an optional pool that's included in the price, but every single residence has that pool. So you have that maximum privacy um, with the ability to be able to use it as... I'm
0: sorry, are you saying Pool.
1: Pool like yep. a swimming pool.
0: Okay, so yeah. each person can have their own pool
1: in their unit. Yes.
0: In their unit.
1: In their unit.
0: Is it outside so, or inside?
1: It is outside, but here's the thing, you have two access points. One is completely off the one is off the elevator landing, so okay. it's a private elevator entry. And which is great because when you have it serviced, when you have it maintained, the pool guy can enter right in from the elevator. Entry versus having to come inside your unit and carry all whatever equipment that he needs. The other access—it's not typical point, to
0: have a, a pool guy inside your condo unit, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> right. Well, there only been so many buildings in the entire world that have had uh, that have had a private pool inside the unit, and especially for every unit, there's only a small handful. Now, the other access point is of course on the outdoors. So if you're laying out, getting sun, and you want to have a dip, it's right there. So we built it in a manner that you have it located in that tower okay so it's almost like a jacuzzi feel and you're just hanging out and you can literally be talking having a glass of wine in your pool and overlooking the beautiful view we also have a section where it's like a little rectangle and people want to put like those um i forget where they're called but they're like the stream so you can exercise and, and swim against oh the yes mm-hmm So that's, that's kind of, that's, that's pretty neat. And I find a lot of people that are surprised that it's actually included in the price. Um, so that's a really unique feature, but every unit is 12 foot ceilings, full floor. So you have complete privacy. They resemble that feel of a penthouse, um, which is really neat. And so just for interior, you're looking about 3,700 square feet. Huge Huge. size of a it's like a-
0: all on one floor. Yeah.
1: yeah. And that's just the interior and you have the exterior as well. So you've got a significant amount of space there. The pricing starts at 1850000 and goes up okay. from there. Now, the other two units are penthouse units. And we've released one to the market. It is our top floor uh, penthouse. That penthouse is listed at $5 million um it is huge it is about 8,500 square feet you've got two floor a uh, two full floors is what it encompasses plus the rooftop but um that is the general gist of the uh of the project and one big question as you wouldn't like you would probably think of it you know as a realtor but a lot of people don't initially is parking you know when you have a small building in any building is always a challenge but we've came Up with a manner to have uh, two spaces per unit, so that's been a, a nice, a nice, a nice thing to add,
0: yeah. Of course, um, because down here you need cars, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, and one space just isn't enough. You know, no, one space
0: you is not enough. Um, and for any of you out here that are watching that said that are saying to themselves, Well, I have four cars and one of mine is luxury, I know they have um garage condos in Sarasota too, I think fairly. Mm-hmm fairly close to the downtown area. I was talking to a friend of mine about a project down there for garage condos, um, for people who have more. Um, so what are you looking out on? So you said it's in downtown Sarasota. I am familiar with Sarasota. What, what's the view?
1: So you have a combination of uh, city views and also you have what we call peekaboo water views. That's a big peekaboo water t- views. <laughs> yeah, so you're seeing uh, you're seeing. I love it too. I laughed the first time I heard it, but that's it's true because you have really neat views of the bay and you're facing south, so you get great light. Sure, but at the same time, you're seeing sailboats. You're seeing all these boats that kind of like pass throughout the horizon in the city, and it's not that. What's interesting is so right near our project is a uh, the Embassy Suites Hotel, and what's interesting is our sales office is right nearby as well. But when you you know how it is when you're when you're selling a off of renderings when you're in a sales office and you're looking at screens and pictures, there's only so much someone can visualize. We have been blessed enough where this the hotel the Embassy Suites that's few lots over to us, on their eighth floor, they have a restaurant and lounge. And in that restaurant and lounge, they have what's equivalent to about our fifth floor uh, views. Mm-hmm. And that way, someone can walk in there and have an idea of what that elevation looks like, and they can see and feel it. And it's it's quite astonishing. You know, personally, one of my favorite views is the city view at night. I guess I'm a little biased coming from New York, but I went to, uh, I've been to some, there's some really cool rooftop bars now downtown in, in Sarasota and, they're the most trendiest things at night because everybody loves the view and that's one thing that we're proud to have as well um you know and if you're thinking and you're hearing me speak about well how is their eighth floor equivalent to their fifth floor right
0: that was my question yep
1: yeah so the interesting thing is is that there's no designation to how high we can build still ceiling heights in sarasota for our buildings so what we did for our garage is we made the ceiling heights approximately 30 feet. So when you pull in your garage, you're like, oh my gosh, it's it's just breathtaking. Just a garage because you have this huge, I mean, 30 ceilings is massive, okay? That is
0: massive. Yeah, that's like three stories.
1: <laughs> it's huge. And uh, so you have that luxury feel, but also it pushes now the building up 30 feet. So your first floor clears the building's Right in front of it. So you don't have anybody looking inside of your apartment. You're automatically, your first entry level condo is above that price, is above um, that horizon. So, and then with every condo being 12 foot, your elevations are much higher. So that's why the NBC Suites, you know, on the eighth floor where the restaurant is, is equivalent to about our fifth. fifth. So it gives you an idea.
0: Yeah. Um, Smith and associates, the, the brokerage I work for here, we represent most of the condo towers that are being, uh, currently constructed here. And we do a lot of drone shots. So people can see from just about every other floor, um, because the views are so important to people. And, and if you're trying to sell a view of any sort and they can't visualize it before you start going vertical, it gets really hard to sell anything. So, so that was great that they gave you that, um, that option. Well, it sounds fascinating. Um, We're going to put links um, up for your website. I think we've been showing the website too as we've been talking, hopefully. Um, And obviously, if you have any uh, questions, if you're out there watching this, you have any questions, give Michael a call um, and he can relay them down to to me if he's in New York or whatever. Um, So that's very exciting. Hopefully it all goes well. Um, You only have five to sell. Um, I guess, I think one of the questions as a real estate agent that I think of with five units is, the cost the shared cost of maintaining that building are the condo association fees anything that you're concerned about i mean obviously if you can afford that price people usually are okay with condo association fees being pretty high but what are you thinking
1: yeah no actually they're pretty comparable within the market um you know the first thing that uh uh, that you have to think of, it's like, well, the penthouses, they're going to be paying more. And with those mm-hmm. units we're trading at five and four and a half million dollars, I mean, and have twice the amount of square footage as the standards, it's they're going to obviously have to pay more. But everything is is very comparable within the market. And another thing is this, is that in 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 Florida, that we've we've really found that majority of the building owners. I mean, look, as a condominium association, you can always you know vote and, and choose in certain amenities, things you want to add and what you want to do, because obviously your common charges—that's what you're paying for. You're paying for, if you have a doorman or concierge, you're paying for that staff salary. You're paying for the upkeep of the, you know, uh, amenity areas where if it's a dog washing station or a gym or both or whatever. So the thing is, and with our building. We don't have a uh, doorman that's, that's sitting there and working just because we don't feel the cost would really just, be, we don't feel the juice would be worth the squeeze. I mean, the thing is, is when you only have that many units and majority of those people probably won't live there full time, it doesn't make sense for everyone to have to pay for, for that, and especially for a, a small building. So that's one way to keep our cost down is really just choosing, you know, to eliminate some of the things that people really don't need or want, you know, necessarily to pay for that they could always choose to have in the future.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's that's a a great thing because you're right, with only five units, there's really no reason why anyone wouldn't, that you would want that extra cost of having full-time staff there all the time. Um, So um, negotiated, one thing I want to add is, for example, the pools, right?
1: We negotiated with one company to give us a really good rate on maintaining the pools because now they have a larger account and, and also a lovely project and lovely apartments for their portfolio. So that was also going to be, it's also included in the maintenance price and uh, we were able to get them a better price than they were to go out and if they were to get it by themselves. Um, so, but yeah, any more information? uh fantastic
0: yeah no i'm I'm very excited to learn more about it um okay so let's see i think i think that was about all that i wanted to cover um michael here we started talking in las vegas because we were talking about video and youtube channels and stuff like that so he does have a youtube channel what is it called
1: okay so full disclosure here my youtube channel that is something that i as today like have just started like i'm big video i do it on facebook and instagram I was actually interviewed at that conference about some video ideas, Um, and I just was like, man, I've only been using YouTube to kind of host my things. And then, uh, so as of right now, I have my channel that we'll have to put like a link for, but one thing that I have is is a playlist there called A Minute with Michael, and that is my, uh, video series where anyone can ask me any real estate question and I answer it under a minute. And some of those can be applied to real estate markets, not just in New York, because they have to do with negotiation and selling. But some of them are more geared to New York. Like, for example, I explained a little bit about that cooperative building I was telling you earlier. Right. So um, You took more
0: than a minute just for the record. (laughs)
1: explaining it to you absolutely i mean listen i uh those videos is a challenge you know my slogan is a minute with michael and i i always say that i'll answer it in a minute or two you know yes i guess i
0: could do a minute with melanie too since we both have names that start with m
1: yeah there you (laughs) go
0: I tend to be a little bit more wordy than a minute so I don't know if I could if I could possibly do that. I think when I looked the other day you had um zero subscribers. So yeah. anyone who's out there who um, has enjoyed watching Michael today um if you could go to his channel which isn't Michael Holt? I believe it's Michael Holt. That's Yeah, we we'll, it's this whole, we'll put Michael a link Holt's New York one of the thing. We'll put a link. We'll put yeah. a link in there for people to to look, but you have to start doing some more content. Um we're going to put his Instagram and Facebook uh, links as well in the about section. Thank you, Michael, for joining us. Um, it's been super interesting to chat with you. I'm really glad that I uh, live in Florida where I don't have a median price of $1.1 million, but, um, (laughs) it sounds like it's super fun to be an agent in Manhattan. Um, so for everybody out there that's watched, um, if you enjoyed this video, take a look at one of my other videos. Um, I have a great one that I just put out a couple days ago, um, where I talked to uh, a lender friend of mine about the current mortgage interest rates and things like that like that. So thank you everybody for joining us with love, Melanie.